if doctors had a new tool in their toolkit to give to the patient, then we could really transform healthcare. Because then instead of giving you something that might have some bad side effects, we're giving you something that actually heals you from the inside. Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. We are so glad you have joined us back here on the podcast today. We are excited to have Shivani Gupta on to join us. She's an author, speaker, and has her PhD in Ayurvedic studies. And she has a mission to really create modern Ayurveda. Yes. I think the theme of the show that we talked about today, taking the knowledge and wisdom of this Ayurvedic practice that is such a big part of, you know, growing up her family, you know, she's Indian, taking all of that rich history and adapting it to a modern life so that we can have healthier digestion and really just lives overall. Mm -hmm. I resonated with her so much. And that at the end of the episode, when we were done recording, I was like, excuse me, but can I pay you to, um, be me. one of your students. Like, can you create an internship specifically Just for me? For me? <laughs> um, because as you all know, when I work with my clients, I focus so much on gut health and digestion. And I loved that. I mean, Ayurveda, that, that's like so much of its focus is like, what do we need to eat to heal our digestion? And she dives into, um, she has a supplement company and she uses turmeric and cumin and fennel and all of these things that come from the earth to really heal our bodies. And I was just, I mean, I was, what's the word? Just a fangirl a little bit. I was, I was no, a fangirl. No, but a beautiful, wonderful, like knowledgeable, not annoying fangirl. Yeah, okay, thanks. But I couldn't help it every time. You were so excited. I was so excited. And Liz kept trying to ask questions. And then I had so many questions. A couple, like there were three times and I was like, sorry, Liz. You go ahead. You ask the your question. Is, this is how you know this happens. It goes, <gasps> like you'll hear me go. <gasps> yeah, see if you can hear us gasp at the same time. Because that's me getting ready to ask a question and then seeing Nina so excited to keep talking and then feeling bad about asking a question. I'm always excited <laughs> to keep talking. I think, I don't know if you guys know this, but we really don't plan out questions for the podcast anymore. They're probably like, we can tell. <laughs> They're like, really? You guys? It's pretty evident. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Um, but we just try and have like organic conversations with people that just sort of, we roll with where the conversation's taking us. And that was way easy with Shivani. Just mm -hmm. the easiest conversation we've ever had. She's such a wonderful person. Um, and we really, really hope that you enjoy this episode. So pull out your notebooks because there's a lot of good stuff in here for you to jot down. A lot of good practices, ways to heal digestion, ways to get in tune with your body, ways to cleanse. And we think you're going to get some good info from this one. Yeah. So let's get into it with Shivani. Well, hi, Shivani. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So you are a Ayurveda specialist. I'm not sure if that's the correct term, but can you tell our listeners, like, what is your, what is your job title? I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but I also know that you dabble with pregnancy and things like that. So give us a little bit of the lowdown. 
So I call myself an author, speaker, and Ayurveda expert because Ayurveda is so vast. And I have met some amazing practitioners out there who really dig into the clinical side of things in terms of what people are dealing with and what their ailments are. And I haven't gone in that direction. I've gone more in the research. What is the science? What can the herbs do for us? And what can formulations of herbs do for us? So I consider more of my, an Ayurveda, I'm considered an Ayurveda expert who can lecture on it, teach about oh. it, write books about it, go more in that direction. Interesting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was telling Liz, like before we started this recording, that I went to a workshop. It was just like an intro to Ayurveda. And I found it so interesting because I've listened to a few podcasts, people talking about this, or I even have one book that is about Ayurveda. And I just, I find it fascinating. I feel like a lot of the healing modalities all are related. And I, every time I learn about Ayurveda, I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And it reminds me of this and it reminds me of that. And they all weave together. Um, How did you get into it? Like what made you find an interest in this sort of healing? Well, I'm Indian. And so growing up just in my own household, my family used so many cool um, home remedies and different things. And I realized as I grew older that, Other families don't mix funny teas in their own (laughs) home and drink them every time they have a stomach ache. They take Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. That's not something I did. I took a really pungent spice called Hing and added this purple salt that no other household has. And it was a magical remedy. It would solve all my stomach issues growing up. And growing up, I went to India every single year because my parents lived, my parents' parents lived there. Mm -hmm. And so to visit our grandparents, we went back every year. And I got to see for myself that there's yoga, there's Ayurveda, there's so much richness to what India has to offer. And eventually now, as as someone in my 30s, I'm seeing that so much of health and wellness is pulling little bits and pieces from Ayurveda, but not quite understanding the deeper why Mm. as to why these things are so powerful for us. So I feel like that's what I was brought here to do is, is fuse the two worlds and show people that Ayurveda has so much to offer. And if we would practice it, it can support us in our health. Yeah. Oh, I'm so interested. After I took this workshop, I even looked into, there is a certification here in Columbus and I need to do one step at a time because there's like way too many things on my I list like, I want to do. I you said you wanted a hormone certification. I am doing my <laughs> hormone certification, but I feel like it's such a good, I mean, I'm not going to be, you know, like diving into it as much as you would, but I feel like even knowing the basics or having some sort of like light certification will only benefit the clients that I work with. And like, so I'm curious, what is the science behind it? How does Ayurveda work? Some people might, like Liz, you weren't very sure of what it was. I was like, I heard you went to this workshop. That was, <laughs> I was, that like, was all I knew. There's doshas. I was trying to explain them to she her. Was, what did you say it was? A, I don't know. I was like, you might be kapha. That's what I said. I was like, your, fa- your face, She's like, your, your features face is might be. And you like food. No, that's not. <laughs> I just assumed that she might be kapha, but then I wasn't able to explain why I thought that. It was just like an intuitive <laughs> hit. I don't know. So Ayurveda is pretty vast. And the more I know about Ayurveda, and after I've studied recently, I've realized how much I don't know. And that's quite a humbly point when you know how much you know and you know how much you don't know. So Ayurveda is the science of life. It's a beautiful science. It's a system of medicine and health and healing from India that's over 5,000 years old. And what's beautiful about it is it encompasses nutrition, yoga, pranayama, which is breathing techniques, 
Um, it, it encompasses detoxification and a whole detoxification protocol that we do. Herbs and spices and herbology sector exists. There's also the energetic metaphysical aspect of it that's taught and part of your health as well. But it's really a connection between body, mind, and spirit. And treating the body as a complete whole and not saying, oh, well, my hand hurts. Let me go to the hand doctor. It's saying, okay, your hand hurts. Well, that's just a symptom from one very central issue. Let's look at the gut. Let's look at what's really happening. Are you stressed out? So it's really looking at the body as a whole. And so Mm -hmm. I have... I've come to fall in love with Ayurveda. I'm fortunate enough. I just did my master's and my PhD in it. And wow. so now that I'm I'm this well-versed in it, I've learned that I am going to focus on my one area of Ayurveda because there are these other areas. There's detoxification. I would go somewhere special where all they do is detoxification for that piece. Or you mentioned the doshas, the body constitutions is a big piece of Ayurveda, understanding where you are and how you can live your day in harmony Mm -hmm. with your body type so that your mental clarity is better, your energy levels are better, your digestion and food is better throughout your whole day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's I think that's why I love it so much is because I'm getting my holistic health coach certification. I'm done in two weeks. And it's all about the mind, body, spirit and the connection. Like you said, when you mentioned there's something wrong with your hand, well, it's not just go see the hand doctor. And maybe you need to see the hand doctor, you know, for to deal right. with the symptoms at if that time. If your hand is broken, yeah. go see <laughs> the hand doctor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Crisis care. But there's like, why did that happen? Maybe not the hand breaking, but so much as like inflammation or something like that. And oh my gosh, that's why Ayurveda is so interesting to me. So then can you touch a little bit on these herbs and like your specific sector? Sure. So I studied herbology and I thought it was just so amazing that even in ancient India, 5,000 years ago, they knew that, for example, when you cook turmeric, you need to use garam masala because it has black pepper in it and the black pepper is what's activating it. Mm. Or when you heat your oil, that's when you add your cumin seeds and all the seeds in there to open those seeds, allow those aromas to come out. That's when you know that the benefits are coming out of those. That's when you add your ginger, your garlic, your pungent things. And it's interesting how many spices we have within India and our cooking just to help you digest the food that you're about to eat. Cumin seeds. There are so many. We have one called asafoetida. That one's amazing. Even fennel post-digestive is powerful. So really Ayurveda taught that it's all about digestion and it had all these different herbs and spices to aid in that. So where I have specialized is I created a line of supplements called fusionary formulas. And I took all the supplements that help with inflammation, joint health. I basically followed an orthopedic surgeon around and figured out everything that they tell patients they need. And I built a line around that for orthopedic and chiropractic offices thinking that if doctors had a new tool in their toolkit to give to the patient, then we could really transform healthcare. Because then instead of giving you something that might have some bad side effects, we're giving you something that actually heals you from the inside. So my areas of interest... Yeah. I mean, why not heal the body from the inside as opposed to just masking the pain and causing some damage to the gut, you know? So I have a turmeric supplement that I built that uses just the most potent curcumin of the three curcuminoids 
at a full 500 milligrams at the highest potency available in a pharmaceutical grade form made here in the U.S. And so I was very deliberate about how I built it because I wanted it to be something that I would want to take. And now having Fusionary for three years, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people take it and fall in love with it and and tell me they don't have to take any of the stuff they were taking before. Oh, that's so so great. That's where I'm into it. What kind of, I don't want to say ailments, but what when people take this supplement, like what kind of site or what effects do they see as a benefit of that? So I have created one regimen called pain solution regimen. So anyone who's in pain now, instead of reaching for um, other anti-inflammatories mm-hmm. could reach for this one and the turmeric in there, the dry ginger, the boswellia, it's all healing anything inflammatory in the yeah. system, not just the pain that you're feeling in that moment. So it's really going towards that root cause and healing it while dropping inflammation in the system. Mm -hmm. Another one I have is called joint repair regimen. So anyone who has that chronic joint pain that's bothering them, all those aches and pains, they're losing mobility and flexibility, that one helps with that. I have another one I made called carb control regimen, which I love. So it turns off your cravings for carbs and sugar. It's literally a leaf that turns off the tongue's ability to taste carbs and sugar. Mm, That would be great. So I'm going to need some information on that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because I was thinking there are a couple people that I've worked with already. And it's hard when when you've been eating so much sugar or refined carbs, your body craves that, your brain is craving that. And it doesn't realize that it doesn't need it. It's just craving it. So what a great... Um, natural tool. I want to look into that too. I'm always looking for natural supplements only, not only for my clients, but for myself too. Because I would much rather, like you said, I would much rather choose something that is grown here and that is is from the earth than something that is man-made. Like why would I rather choose a chemical over something that's here and it's natural? And I think so many people are looking for that option. Maybe they just don't know that those are options for them. Yeah, they usually don't. Or they'll go to like the corner store and buy turmeric. And the problem is in the supplement market, we have a lot of variation of quality. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people who use herbs from China, manufactured in China. We already have articles that have shown that 75% of what's on big box retailer shelves is not even real active ingredients. It's like rice stuffed in pills. Mm. So it's it's scary how much money we all waste. Even myself, I've bought supplements my whole life. And Mm -hmm. now that I own a supplement company, I am like the most vigilant person about which brand and how and who made it. Is Mm -hmm. it made in the US? Are your herbs from China? Where did you source from? Who are you? Like I'm so careful because I'm going to put that pill in my body. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. I want to know that it has the active ingredient that I am paying for. Otherwise I'm wasting my time, money, and effort. And who knows what you put in that thing? Yeah, Can we talk a little bit more about the digestive piece? Because that's my main focus when I'm working with people. And I'm curious, have you heard of, like, have you heard of berberine? No, I, I, my naturopathic doctor a while ago recommended it and I took it for a little bit and I have to do more research on it, but it was like a natural herb and it really helped clear up my digestion. So I don't know. I'm curious, like if you ever research it, like get back to me and tell me what you think, but what other herbs are great for digestion or that's a great question or maybe a line that you have already. So Ayurveda is all about gut health. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating now to watch it. how modern science is proving yes. what we already knew for 5,000 years. Yeah, We're all talking about gut microbiome. The microbiome, yeah. yeah. Take your probiotic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
yep, this is in my ancient textbook. Yes. I already studied this. It's all coming back, which makes me happy. And it's funny because people will approach me and they'll say, well, I have skin issues. Will your turmeric help me? Or I have this issue. And I'm like, well, absolutely turmeric helps, but let's talk about your gut. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't outrun sometimes what you're going to choose to eat. Yeah, turmeric can mask it. Turmeric, not mask it, but turmeric will, will go head to head against it and drop inflammation. But if you keep putting chimichangas yes. and, and fried food and highly inflammatory food in your system, you're eventually going to beat what I'm trying to do for you. So I love having that conversation about gut health. I was going to say, I feel like that's a good point right there in that um, even when you're taking natural remedies, it's like, it's going to help you and it's going to get your body where it needs to be. But it's but not it's, the cure-all. It's still not the cure. You still need to to get to the root yourself because something is triggering it. So gut health, you know, typically when people come to me with a skin issue or something, my guidance, I can do Ayurveda lifestyle consultations for people. So I'll sit down with them and I'll say, look, let's talk about your diet. Are you eating a diet that's low in inflammatory foods? If you love your inflammatory foods, let's say you love sugar, gluten, alcohol, uh, fried foods, a lot of the foods that are inflammatory to the system. Okay, but can we start moving inwards towards foods that are full of fiber, greens, alkalizing that are beneficial to the body? I'm not asking you to give up. I'm saying, let's say if it's half, half, crowding out to 40%. Exactly. Crowd out the bad with the good. Yeah. Um, another I say is let's talk about the herbs and spices that can support you. So we have, um, turmeric is an amazing herb for digestion. Cumin seeds are amazing. Fennel seeds post digesting, like right after a meal in India, we oftentimes recommend chewing on fennel seeds because that will give you that cooling effect and help you digest the food inside. I have one remedy that I've been giving to a lot of people at workshops. It's called Hing Gapani. So Hing just is the name of the herb. Herb Ka and Pani means water. So what you do, you take, say, a cup of water in a little saucepan. You heat it up to boiling. You add a quarter teaspoon or less of this spice called asafoetida. You can buy it on Amazon. It's A-S-A-F-O-E-T-I-D-A. And then you add a quarter teaspoon of something we call gala namak, K-A-L-A-N-A-M-A-K-H. It's basically purple salt in India, but we describe it as black salt. For some reason in India, we discovered this a long time ago. It's a simple Ayurvedic remedy. You make that tea, boil the two together, cool it to tea temperature, drink it. 90% of people's gut issues that are like uh, acute issues are solved by that one wow. tea. Oh my God. And it yes. costs $6 to make because yes. $6 in ingredients mm-hmm. total. And you'll, you'll probably own the same hang for your lifetime. So people tell me to make a pill out of it all the time. And I'm like, no, you can go buy that stuff for three bucks. Just yeah. take it, make the tea and take it the right way. I am going to write that down and put, like put that into practice because I the reason I got so into gut health was because I struggle with it myself. And so I started experimenting. And then of course, like whatever you're struggling with, you attract those people to your practice. And I've never heard of that before. And I'm like really excited to try it out myself. Yeah, I can type it up and send it okay, to you. Okay, great. It's amazing. It's so good. It's a simple one. Yeah. And then of course we should take our probiotics. We should focus on eating probiotic beneficial foods, all those things. But from Ayurveda, we always taught that if you incorporate a variety of herbs and spices into your diet, 
that will support your overall well-being and the strength of your gut. Um, Another thing I teach that's super simple, that's one of my new favorites, is having tea right before a meal. Mm. So let's say I go out to a restaurant. We teach in Ayurveda, never drink ice cold water before a meal. You're basically pouring cold water on this kindling fire of digestion in your gut. So I teach people, don't take any ice water in a restaurant. Take room temperature water if you must and sip a little bit as needed. But what I'll do, Asian restaurant, I don't care where I go, I'll order hot water. I'll say, can I please have some hot water? Mm -hmm. I carry my own great organic or whatever tea bags with me. And I'll steep my own tea and drink half a cup, almost like Mm. soup. Because in ancient times, we would have had a soup before our meal. Just to keep that digestion fired up and ready to eat the meal that's coming. And so the fire consumes it completely and you absorb and assimilate all the nutrients. So I've been, sorry, Liz, I have so many questions. You go. I was just going to say the the similarity is, so I used to be a runner. I guess I'm still a runner. I just am not actively running very often right now. But it reminds me of like, you know, before I would go running, we'd always stretch and do post-stretching to make sure we didn't injure ourselves during the process. And it's just, I've never thought to apply that same logic to eating to get the body ready to eat and digest because that similarly, that's a, a movement. It's obviously not as intense as like running, but it's it's motion and energy in your body that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, I mean, so much, so much of Ayurveda is about how you eat, when you eat, all of that. But I don't allow anyone to stand and eat in my house. I can't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. You have to sit and eat. You have to take that five minutes. I don't allow anyone to microwave. I make them all use pans to heat their food. Um, I personally apply this to myself, but no one else in my household quite listens to me on this one. The tea right before you eat the meal, I'll always heat up some water, have that tea, ignite that digestion, then eat my meal, then sit in peace for a minute or two, let it digest, yep. and then start from there. Yeah, it's the little things. Sorry. sorry. I know I have a bunch of questions. Okay, you go. I have like two in my head right now. I was just thinking, what would you, as someone that really honestly, I'm, I will admit, does not know a lot about gut health, even though you're my bestie. I don't know like a ton. She doesn't come to my workshops. Just joking. Just joking. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, like, is there like a recommended time that you have for eating? Obviously, slowing down is the best practice. And I've, I've, I know that from working with like intuitive eating coaches, like being mindful of food. Is there like a recommended time frame for a meal to be Our mindful? general guidelines are don't skip breakfast. So it starts first thing in the morning. Starting your metabolism off with ginger lemon tea or ginger tea in the morning is the first way to start off beautifully. We're all about that first um, excretion or bowel movement being healthy and good, which modern science talks about, so I can talk, mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, lunch should be the biggest meal and it should be around noontime at high sun. So I religiously, when I see 12 o'clock coming, I'm like, this is my lunchtime and this is my big meal. I'm not going to eat some dainty little salad and then be starving by three. I eat lunch. And then in Ayurveda, we don't teach about snacking, but that's where I digress from Ayurveda. I do think a three or four o'clock tea time or snack that supports you going into evening is better than walking into dinner hungry because then we make dinner a little too big nowadays with all the modern stresses that we have. And then dinner is supposed to be a little bit smaller and lighter. So to the extent that you can do that, one easy way to do it is put more vegetables in there. So that'll add that lightness to it. 
but I try to make sure dinner's done by seven and no more food after that. If I am hungry, because it's you know a longer day or a later night, I'll make sure I get tea. And if tea doesn't hold me, then a piece of fruit or maybe popcorn because it's light. But we teach to eat your three square meals. Mm. Yeah. And that also gives your body time to digest too. Like if you're not like snacking all of the time, then you have time, like it digests your food and it's not working so hard. So that way when you eat again... You're, you're able yes. to digest. I want to just go back really quickly to breakfast because I also find that it's really important to start your day off right. And I'm torn sometimes. I've heard the water and the ice cold water. And I've also learned a lot about you don't want to put out your digestive fire. Um, where I struggle a little bit is that I do like a good smoothie in the morning and I'll make like a high f- um, quality fat, like protein smoothie. And it really does like get me going, but then I'm torn because I'm like, well, it's not necessarily cold. Like I'm not putting frozen fruit in there, anything. It's sort of like, I guess, room temperature, but I know that that's not always great for your digestion. So is there any, what is your, what are your thoughts on the morning smoothie? That (laughs) is such a (laughs) profound question. No one has asked me this question yet. So I have the same issue. I have the exact same moral dilemma (laughs) because Ayurveda teaches that we should have nothing iced or cold if we wanted to digest well. And what's fascinating is Ayurveda says you never mix fruit with anything else. Mm. Anything. Fruit must be taken separately. Don't ever eat it for dessert. It'll just sit on top of the food. It'll digest first and it'll ferment. It's bad. And I totally do a morning protein shake with protein powder, <laughs> with fruit, yeah. with superfoods. And I love my morning protein shake. I prefer it to eggs. I prefer it to anything else. Like sometimes I you just don't want eggs. Yeah. Or sometimes you so don't have I don't time. Think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with a morning shake, honestly. Good. <laughs> my whole concept that I want to teach the world over the next decades that I get to be alive is modern Ayurveda. How do we modernize yes. Ayurveda so it works in the current times? Because we can't do what they did in the past. In yeah. the past, they probably ate a little toast with some butter and some stuff. Like it's just not, we're not in that time anymore. Yeah. And a shake is such a beautiful opportunity to put so many nutrients in the body first thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it keeps you energized and going. Um, yeah. Okay. And the other question I had was, I know that a lot of people ask about the difference between like vegetarian, vegan, and meat. And when you were talking about inflammatory foods, I noticed that you didn't say meat, but I also know that Ayurveda, I think it focuses on a vegetarian diet. So what are your thoughts just for our listeners? I personally always try and stress, like if you're choosing grass-fed and organic free range, then it's way better and you're probably, and you, you should be okay unless your body doesn't tolerate it. But what's, what's the Ayurvedic, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Perspective. Yeah. Perspective. Good word, Liz. (laughs) Yes. So the Ayurvedic perspective has typically always been vegetarian. Yeah. Um, It's interesting to live in a time like right now where everyone is really arguing that dairy-free is better. People are saying eggs are inflammatory. There's this big movement towards vegan. Mm -hmm. And I, as a person who has just studied and researched and studied and researched for the last 20 years in Ayurveda, we teach that ghee is good and butter is good and yogurt is good for you. So I do not agree that everyone should be vegan. I think that people who eat meat and who love meat, they should keep their meat. I think that vegetarian is a very great diet and a good way to go. That's a good medium. And I think the vegan population, if that suits your body and you don't get 
depleted and you do it in a healthy way, mm-hmm. then it's good. I think a lot of vegans are unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so based on a lot of the research I've done recently, I visited an institute called Hippocrates. They said, you know, we teach people how to be raw living food vegans because we're eating too much dead food. Let's eat more alive food and wheatgrass and sprouts. Hmm. Um, And so I really teach people about the balance. I have new research I'm doing right now about blood types with an Ayurvedic practitioner who I met who's done 20 years of research on blood type diet coinciding with your dosha according to your astrology. It's a totally new thing I'm researching. And I'm testing it because... I know how to test all the different doshas and what they mean. And it's fascinating to me. So I, I do believe that if we can look at our blood type diet and then test within that what fits us and what doesn't, that can be very good. Yeah, there's a whole science behind like what's your blood type and I've never dived into it. I know I learned a, like a short little module about it and I, I really just didn't dive into it. So I've always thought about that with myself. Like I don't even know my blood type. I feel like that's honestly, a problem. I don't know mine either. I think that's why so I, I sort of passed by me. I was like, I don't even know mine. So if you donate blood, they'll tell your blood type. That's how I know mine from a long time ago. And that book says that I should be a meat eater no matter what. And I have tried. I tried fish here or there last year, like three bites, and it grossed me out Mm. so bad. I couldn't continue. I was like, I give up. I can't listen to you on this. I grew up vegetarian. That will not happen in my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything else, as I test, it makes sense. Yeah. And so I think if you can even go 80-20 with it and test with yourself what works, you're getting much closer to what you should be eating for your body to be happy and supported. Mm-hmm. And, and that really does go to show like you got, it all comes down to your your own body and like what works for you. If you don't tolerate it, don't eat it. You don't have to force yourself to eat something you don't want to eat. But I find people don't have, they're not in tune with their bodies enough to make yeah. that judgment. Mm-hmm. I found that to be the case for myself a couple of weeks ago. I was like, you know what? I have gotten so off track. All I've done for the last couple of months is entertain, taking people out for wine and Italian and the gluten and the sugar. I've done it all. Mm-hmm. I went on vacation. So that throws you off big yeah. time. Yes. And I got back and I said, that's it. I, I got to get back in tune. What's the best way? cleansing. Yeah. And I have little kids. I didn't have time to run off to India and do a two, three week juice cleanse and bunch karma to myself. So I did it to myself here. I thought, let me just practice. So I am on the last day that's I'm having a cup of tea, mm. not wine with you guys, but I'm on the last day of a 14 day juice cleanse. And I have never been more in tune with my body as really? I am now. I eat a bite of anything and I can tell you so clearly. So I think people run away from the concept of cleansing But if you can do a juice cleanse plus clear broth plus tea, which is my thing that I want to teach people about, then you get so in touch with what foods really irritate you and what doesn't. And that's a great way to understand what those foods should be that's in your regular menu. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I've never never thought of of juice cleanses in that way to get clearer on picking up yeah. on the signs like that. Because people like, think of it as a weight loss right, trick. And right. I get that. It, it totally helps drop the pounds and kickstart that. But what it also does is it it's a resetting of the gut, yeah. gives your gut a total break from digestion. And every time I've ever cleansed, as soon as I come back, I'll eat something like watermelon. And I'll say, mm, that makes me feel weird. And I always used to eat watermelon. Let's stay away from that one for a while or bread, you know, you'll get very clear messages from your inflammatory foods that those are not supposed to be your foods. Yeah. 
So, okay, when it comes to a juice cleanse, I've also heard mixed things about juice cleanse because I think a lot of times it can be sugar, sugar, sugar. Mm -hmm. So what is a good juice cleanse? And is it something you purchase or is it something you can do on your own? People can definitely do it on their own. I have a juicer. I am way too lazy to go buy all the stuff Mm -hmm. and juice it and clean that juicer. So I personally was not willing to go that route. Um, About two weeks ago, I was going to go and do my blood work. And I thought, you know what? I know how my results are going to come out. They're not going to be as awesome as I want. And in that same day, I decided to do a juice cleanse. And then the next day, I remembered that I drink three cups of green tea a day. I hadn't really weaned myself off of caffeine. I just cold turkey went for it. Um, So when you ask what juice cleanse, I think any juice place that you go to, we have one in South Florida where I live, they have a cleanse. So they'll Mm. sell you seven juices for the day. It'll be in a pattern that they have thought through. They start you with something a little energizing. The next one is hydrating and energizing. The third one is heavier and kind of feels like lunch. The fourth one gives you that up that you need around three o'clock. So the one I did was like that. They had formulated it and I trusted it. And so I went every single day and I picked up my juice every morning and that was my food for the day. And I'd carry it in a little cooler and it had seven juices. I drank them throughout the day. You're supposed to drink water with it. But what I realized was there are moments where we all get really hungry and those are your points where you're going to lose the battle. So what I did for myself, if I was say driving to Miami for a business meeting and I knew I would need a little something I would have a peppermint tea or an Mm. herbal tea or a detox tea. And that warm feeling would soothe me and make me feel satiated. Or I would have a pear because pear is inside of the juices I'm drinking. And so I set my own guidelines with myself. If I get too hungry, I'll have fruit. I'll have a clear broth soup or a tea. But what I will not do is eat foods that are not in the juice. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. When it comes Hmm. to the broths, uh, miso soup and like bone broth are too things I hear a lot about with healing the gut. Um, Is there any more? Like, what are your thoughts on those two? I think miso soup is great. So I do miso soup as an immune support Mm -hmm. and I'll take that in any Asian restaurant. And I I was considering it during this cleanse. I just didn't get a chance. Um, Bone broth, I'm vegetarian. Mm. And in India, cows are sacred. So Mm. I never tell anyone to do anything related to bones related to cows. Um, if people do want to go towards white meat, I do think that that's fine for them and red meat very, very sparingly if possible. But yeah, we don't have any other specific broths that we would recommend. We make more vegetable soups in India or lentil soups. So Mm. I did a vegetable soup and I just took the broth off of it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. This is also very interesting to me. So, okay. We've talked a little bit about Liz, do you have a question? I do. Go for it. Well, I wanted to circle back to these doshas that you- That's what I was going to do. (laughs) I was going to say, wavelength is the same right now. I was going to say, we've talked a lot about like gut health and the digestive piece, but I kind of do want to circle back to doshas. Sure. Sure. So we in Ayurveda teach about three doshas. One is called vata. People pronounce it vata. That's what I said. Vata. Vata, that dosha is basically someone who's typically thin, wiry. Their mind is constantly moving. They're kind of like the wind and and constantly in a state of movement, whether with their body or their mind. Um, That person has a whole protocol for how they stay grounded. I actually am a vata. I always thought I was a pitta. But now that I've gone into my deeper studies, I am a vata because my mind never, ever stops from the minute I wake up until the minute I crash. 
And in my sleep, I dream through whatever I'm thinking about. And Me I have too. To wake up. I wake up at night and I'm like, Shivani, stop thinking about that. That's ridiculous. You can have peace in your sleep. God. <laughs> yeah, I have dreams no. where I'm like, I have dreams where I'm like in a half state of sleep and I'm doing things. And then I have to remind myself like, Nina, you're sleeping. Like I have to tell, do you ever do that, Liz? I know because you, she falls asleep and she's asleep. I'm but a dead person. I'll be like, Nina, you're sleeping right now. Like you actually don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, I did the same thing. I'm like, you could stop working. These yeah. eight hours could be for chilling. Like, yeah. Just let yourself You're allowed be. to do that. So that's about that person. And I, I, and what's interesting is 90% of people have a vata derangement or a vata imbalance is mm. what you call it nicely. And you, 90% of us should be treating ourselves like a vata person. So I tell people all the time, think of winter where you have tea and hot yeah. cinnamon drinks and hot chocolate and stews and grounding foods. A lot of what we should be doing for our self-care and self-love is grounding ourselves into the earth because mm. we're all in that state of mental chaos and social media and consumption. And we don't just find our peace. Mm-hmm. Um, another dosha is called pitta. People pronounce it pitta. Yes, and the pitta me. dosha is the fiery dosha. So that's someone who's sharp tempered. They're jealous. They're competitive. They're also doers. They just want to achieve, achieve, achieve. They have very fast digestion. So they can just keep eating and eating and eating and the digestion is just going to handle it. And um, sometimes it can get overly fiery. So those people are not supposed to have spicy hot foods, but they love them. And then oh my gosh. My husband, I totally think is a pitta. And I, after my workshop, I like sat down with him and was like, look, let's go over these things. He loves spicy foods. And I was like, you'll have an imbalance because you're already too like fiery and like aggressive and intense sometimes. He's like, but I want all the hot sauce. Wings. I know. He loves wings. He does. Like he gets <laughs> yeah. the spiciest wings. Yeah, you get addicted to that thing that keeps putting you out of balance. Yeah. So what he has to do is actually green juice and cold vegetables. And he's probably like, nope, that's yeah, not what exactly. I want to do. Exactly, yep. <laughs> I know. They have to be, I find a lot of people have to hit their wall. Mm-hmm. Before they, they do what we want them to do for their health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is the kapha body type. So kapha is a person who is sturdier. They're stronger. They're of the earth. They're more loyal they're kind of slow moving in the slow and steady way. Like they are slow and steady wins the race. They're the good, like of the earth people. Um, They're kind, they're giving, they're generous. And so Guffa is a whole different person. A Guffa person wants to chill. They just want to stay on the couch. They don't want to move as much. So they need to do the opposite of Guffa. They need a hard workout or they need to get moving. Sometimes that motivation is held back. And they just need to to do whatever it takes, whatever rituals they need to get moving and get that momentum. Otherwise they feel stuck and that's frustrating. So does your dosha, like, because I was telling Liz a little bit about how like the way you look can determine your dosha, but then the way that you think can determine it too. And I can't remember which one now, but I feel like I thought I looked like I would fit um, vata. I know I'm saying that wrong. And that, but my mind was pitta. And so it confused me. And yes. so, and Liz, like when she was describing Kafa, I was like, oh, that like the beginning description. I was like, that kind of reminds me of Zach. Like, yes, like does. grounded and calm. My husband. And, yeah, her husband. <laughs> Just some guy named Zach. Yeah, <laughs> some random dude. Um, so what happens when you're at a, in conflict? You're like, but I think like this, but I look like this. So I was in conflict. I always thought I was a bit that because I come from a very entrepreneurial family. Everyone's high achieving and everyone wants to be successful and I want to change the whole planet. So, you know, I must be a pitta. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I recently realized I'm actually a Vata and a Kapha Earth, mm. which is so conflicting. And that's so weird. How can you be a Kapha and a Vata at the same time? And so for you, I personally, just sitting here watching you, think you're a Vata. Mm. That would be my guess, even on mind. So sometimes we think that we are a Pitta because that that framework sounds like it makes sense mm-hmm. when really we're just more Vata and mm. we're just an active, high-achieving Vata. And that's okay. Interesting. Um, and so I really am putting more systems in place into my life to deal with my Vata personality because otherwise I'll just jump from project to project every three months and everyone around me is like, why can't we just finish one thing, Shivani? Why can't you finish one project? Mm-hmm. I feel so, yeah. like, I feel like Kafa was right for me, but the whole like fiery temper, very competitive thing is also very true for me. <laughs> yeah. So what? TBD. Yeah. I'll have, to re- I'll have to Google some. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right way to go about it, but... Well, sometimes if you think you're unbalanced in a dosha, what I tell people is Google Deepak Chopra Vata Pacifying Diet or Kapha Pacifying Diet or Lifestyle. He actually is one of my favorite websites to outline clearly and simply what one must do. Hmm. I don't have my website set up like that, but he does. Hmm. And when you look up his site, it'll tell you, if you're a Vata, you need to treat yourself like it's the winter and do the teas and do... Hmm. And if you can just follow two or three things, if they bring you in balance, then that's what you should continue doing. And if they do nothing for you, try the other way. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Trial and error. So you talked about some books that you have. What are your books and how can they help our listeners if they're wanting to dive into any of this? Sure. I wrote one book called The Conscious Pregnancy. It was just a love project I had. Mm -hmm. I, I felt after I had kids that if I could just share with people the Ayurvedic way, it could be so profound for them in their pregnancies and for their children. Um, When I was pregnant, I took five years to research how to have a healthy baby. I was obsessed with the topic. And I went to India. I purified my whole body. I got Mm. as strong and clean and lean as I could. And I just, I applied everything that I preach to myself. And so the conscious pregnancy is just a way to understand how to have the cleanest, most organic air, water, Mm -hmm. food, body, home, and apply some Ayurvedic things. Like in pregnancy, we don't believe in watching the news or anything violent or any violent shows or movies. Everything that you mentally feed yourself is also yeah. what you're feeding your baby. I think about that all of the time. Like when you're stressed, mm-hmm. yes. um, it's like epigenetics or something mm-hmm. too, right? Like when you're stressed in your pregnancy, yes. that, I mean, your baby's living in that environment. And I think exactly. about that all of the time. They're bathing yes. in that emotion. And that's how they're going to turn out. Yep. So I have this little theory. It's unproven. But I think if we can have a Zen pregnancy, we will have Zen babies. Mm-hmm. And so we're yet to see. My children are pretty Zen. <laughs> they're not perfect at all. But I'm curious to see if, if we can impact the world that way. So that's what that book was for. was just for fun. Um, now my main focus fu- full-time is Fusionary Formulas, my supplement company. Mm-hmm. And this year, I want to write a book on modern Ayurveda and how oh, awesome. can we help with our gut health, weight loss, pull all those elements together, really help people reduce inflammation. My new talk that I'm doing right now is called Reduce Inflammation, Increase Happiness. So along those lines, I'll be writing a book later this year. Oh, those are those You're are like so, right up my alley. 
you're so busy. Like you yeah. have like the supplement company or the supplement stuff going and then the books. And then I know you have a line of organic clothing for children. Like we haven't even talked about that. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. So Sama Baby was my company from 2006 to 2009. Mm-hmm. That was my organic clothing line. And then I was ready to have kids. And I closed down that company. Mm. So I could really focus on just having kids in the most organic and healthy way possible. Now that my kids are four and seven, they're a little more grown up. They're in school. They have their activities. So full-time, I focus on Fusionary. Mm-hmm. But the book is just, again, it's like a percolating thing that's about to come out of me. Yeah. And so I have to just write it. Because if I don't, I'll be sad or I'll be frustrated. Yeah, it's, it's in I don't you. even have a choice. Like it's, it's about to come out. Yeah. So I'm just going to take a month off in the summer and write that thing and then have my editor help me put it together Mm -hmm. in a beautiful way and put it out into the world. Well, you can come back on the podcast. Yeah. When a message comes through that strong, I don't even have a choice. Like it just has to go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it reminds me of the book, Big Magic. Yes. Because she talks about, have you read that? I have heard her. I I listened to that book on audio. And when she says, an idea will come to you, and if you don't take that Somebody idea and finish will. with it, someone else, I have that feeling. I have been sitting on modern Ayurveda for over a year. Okay, you got to like, get on that so nobody else, that idea doesn't run away. <laughs> yeah, I would. that's what I mean by sad. I would be so sad yeah. if someone else got to do it when it's my baby. It's yeah. ready to come out. Yeah, I was going to say, and I was interrupting you a little bit, but we'll have to have you back on the podcast a second time and yeah, talk about, yeah, or once you've oh. written it and talk all about it. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for coming on. I feel like I was just, this was everything that I care about all wrapped this up in a podcast. Like want to learn a lot more. Mm-hmm. This was very interesting. Yeah. We have quite a few people in Columbus, Liz, that like do sessions Let's on do Ayurveda. It. So we should go to them. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let, um, let our listeners know like where they can find you, how they can connect with you, what ways you can connect with them, um, all that kind of stuff. Sure. So my website is www.fusionaryformulas.com. It's F-U-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y formulas. And through there, you'll see links to our Facebook, Instagram. I post a lot of YouTube videos. So every single week I do an herbal education video on what the herbs can do for you. Um, And then I'm also there. So on Facebook, you can find me under my name, Shivani Gupta. On Instagram, I'm green living with Shivani. Um, and so I love posting about how to live the healthiest life possible. I guinea pig on myself mm-hmm. all the time. And so you can see what I'm up to all the time on Instagram for, for what I try on myself. Perfect. Well, we will definitely put that in the show notes for all of our listeners. And um, we'll have to have them check out your website and all of these cool places to learn more. This was so fun, guys. Yeah. I love talking to you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. We had a great time too. Well, guys, as you know, it was very clear that me and Liz loved that episode with Shivani. We had so many questions. Um, we can't even wait to, like, have that new book come out. Like, when is that new book going to come well, out? Well, she said she's writing it, like, this summer. Okay. So we've got to—we kind of have a little bit to wait because, like, there's a process. Because then it has to get published. Yeah. And, well, once it is, she's coming back on the podcast because I cannot wait to learn more about how to use these healing herbs and really blend, like we were saying in the beginning of the episode, like, the ancient— teachings of Ayurveda and how to use that in the modern world. How perfect. Yes. So we encourage you to check out Shivani. Um, We will have all of her social links in our show notes. So please go follow her. Also, her website is shivanigupta.com. That's 
S-H-I-V-A-N-I-G-U-P-T-A.com. And also while you're on there, check out those supplements she was talking about, Fusionary Formulas. It's one of her um, drop down of the many things that she does. I would highly recommend checking those out. They mm-hmm. sound very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And while you're just on your phone and doing all of the things, head on over to Instagram and like us at Wine and Shine Podcast or pop on over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. Yeah. Easy peasy. If you're not already a subscriber, what are you waiting for? Subscribe. Subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe. Minus the B. Subscribe minus the B. No. Subscribe. um, Give us a comment or rating. We would love to see those there. Yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us for another week. Thank you again to Shivani for coming on and having this great conversation. And we will chat with you next week. Oh.